Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We are your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hi. Hi. What is up, my dudes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond. I mean, nothing. Nothing's up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing's up <laughs> i'm still recovering from that <laughs> what is up my dudes <laughs> i mean that was great you're welcome um where are we so this is halloween week for us while we're recording this in real time true mm-hmm. true so we have we, some... we have that to look forward to <laughs> some spooky kind of listen <laughs> listen to what Lindsay's gonna do Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> Everybody's like making fun of me for this, but like at Honestly, the same time, I didn't think it was that funny until everyone Sage, is making fun of me. Until Sage made Wait, it funny. I didn't know. So, but are you going to dress up as a Bible character? No. Again? Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, by Sylvester the way, I need to call Stallone? my mom. She was supposed to, <laughs> she was supposed to send me a picture and she hasn't done it yet. She was like, I don't know where to find it. I said, Mom, I can visualize exactly where it is. It's in the mm-hmm. photo book, upstairs, in the bookshelf. And she was like, But which photo book? I'm like, The red one. I can <laughs> see it. I know it. Still hasn't sent it to me. I'll call her tomorrow. Anyways, so for trick or treating with my kids, I'm going to take a pair of tongs to mm-hmm. get the candy out of the bowl and put it in their bag because I don't want them reaching their hands in where all the other kids are reaching their hands. We're trying to do this as safely as possible. Everyone's okay. making fun of me. They're like, Enjoy trick or treating with your tongs, Lindsay. And I'm like, <laughs> You guys are all nurses. Hello. I'm being safe. Are you grabbing the candy? The same candy that's in the bowl, right? Yes. With the pair of tongs. That's that's the point. My hand's not touching the candy. The candy's all touching each other and all the hands go in there and you're grabbing the candy. I'm going to then put the candy in their bags or whatever, keep it out in the garage for 24 hours, however long it takes for the germs to die off. It's 72. 72 hours. Okay. 72 hours. Those poor children. I was going to say, how are you going to keep them? I will buy, because we're going to just set, while we trick or treat, we set a bowl out. So we'll probably have leftover candy too. And (laughs) my kids will be fine. Everyone's like making fun of me for it. I'm like, what do you suggest? Like how do I- A glove. Put on a glove. (laughs) But then I'm just going to wear a glove the entire time and not like want to touch my face with that glove that has all the germs on it. You know what I'm saying? Can you at least just incorporate it into like a costume? Maybe make yourself a crab. <laughs> a lobster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a lobster. <laughs> so everyone's making fun of me for it. I was like, what are you guys going to do? And they're like, oh, well, I'm just not taking my kids trick-or-treating. I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> my kids have already missed their birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> They've already missed so much. And I'm like, I'm not taking Halloween away from them I, because. I get that. I get it. I support you 100%. Thank you. I will say a I lot of people. Was a very clever idea. A lot of people have missed a lot of things. Right. So, yeah. I get that too. <laughs> but it's it was hard for me to not have a birthday party for them for them not to even i mean their birthday was in lockdown we didn't see anybody they couldn't Mm -hmm. see family yeah people dropped off gifts at the door but they were four like they don't understand it yeah and so that was hard and then they've like i said they've missed a lot of other stuff that has happened since then and yeah they love halloween and they love trick-or-treating and i was like i can't take this away too oh yeah yeah we'll be we'll be going out um but of course they'll be wearing masks and you know both my kids have had their birthday right. well they'll be Ryan, wearing masks and all that yeah she's turning 12 next week <laughs> pre-18 <laughs> oh we are there you're already there, we are there. <laughs> but she is super bummed out about the whole birthday party thing this yeah. year but i will say 
found out something cool. You can rent out a theater at AMC for ninety nine dollars mm-hmm. for up to twenty people. Nice. And pick from a list of movies. Some of them are more expensive than others. I found, but Hocus Pocus is an option, so that's what we'll be watching. Very cool. Classic. Um. So yeah, if you want to, like, we're taking two people. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> So that's her birthday party. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. So for her, though. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something at least. Yeah. You just make do with what you got, you know? Mm-hmm. We just ordered like takeout food for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. For dinner. <laughs> yeah. When restaurants were closed, it was everything. Yeah. And so I was just like, sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I felt <laughs> terrible about it. I'm sure they won't remember it, but. I can't wait to see how you incorporate the tong. <laughs> well, so they're dinosaurs. Um, And I. Was going to buy, like, just, like, a Jurassic World and, like, dress up as, like, a park ranger or whatever. Jurassic Park ranger. And then I was like, it's going to be cold. I'm going to be wearing a jacket. I'm not going to buy a t-shirt that's going to be covered by a jacket the whole time. Yeah. So I have a shirt from their birthday party two years ago. They were, it was a T-Rex party. They were three Rex. Oh, I do a pun every single time. So their first one was um, clever, wild ones. Okay. And then yes. their second one, they were obsessed with Mickey Mouse, was O Tootles. Oh, I love that. And their third one was Three Rex. And we didn't do four. Um, so anyway, so their Three Rex party, I have a t-shirt with a dinosaur on it that says Mamasaurus. Perfect. So I'm just going to wear that. and With your little claw. I... <laughs> with my little tongue. Just one. <laughs> I think you should do those inflatable That's what I was picturing. T-Rex things. Yeah. Evan does have like a T-Rex head. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, those huge... Yes. Things you put on your heads. He does have one of those, so Please. he's going to walk around in it. Or maybe it was a shark. I don't know. Is that know. what you guys are into in the bedroom? <laughs> he <laughs> bought it for Halloween for them last year <laughs> to make them laugh. No, oh, I was like, how here's did what that happened. Fit on <laughs> here's what happened. They went as old people uh, two years ago. Like, I dressed them up. I made mm-hmm. Bailey like a little wig, and they had walkers. It Cute. was adorable. And I wore my scrubs from work. I was like, I'm their nurse. I'm their caretaker. So I told Evan, go to Walmart and get like a cheap pair of scrubs and like be their nurse with me. He comes back with a T-Rex head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, close enough. what is this? And he was like, I thought it would be fun. It's like, this has nothing to do with the family costume. <laughs> my favorite costume was when I dressed up Beckett as Ace Ventura. Um, when he has like the tutu on and the uh-huh. spiked hair and he's at the crazy. He was like two years old. It was amazing. I did a really great job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was my favorite. (laughs) Although not everybody knew what I was talking about. Apparently not everybody's seen Ace Ventura. Oh, gosh. Come on. Boydson? Yeah. Have you seen Ace Ventura? Yes. Okay, good. It's a classic one. <laughs> Just had to make sure. <laughs> I yes, you you do have to make sure. <laughs> I didn't every even, time. I didn't even think about it. Um, I assumed that you had. <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, I will not be doing anything on Halloween. Are you going to be giving out candy? Or? No, she's shutting Absolutely the lights off. Not. She's making sure no children come by. Pre-COVID, we shut the lights off and we go down to the basement and watch TV. Okay, so please don't make fun of me then for not celebrating Halloween when that's exactly what I did. <laughs> You're you're not celebrating Halloween with as a different. child. I'm an adult. <laughs> but once we became like teenagers and stuff, like we would go out to eat with my parents and like come home and have all the lights shut off and like watch a movie together. Like we still avoided trick or treaters, <laughs> so we never gave out candy. It's gonna be tricky though this year because both my kids want to go like one one with his friend and then she wants to go with her two buddies uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. And I don't quite trust the girls to go mm-hmm. by themselves, yeah. so I'll be lurking right yeah. there behind them. I'm sure they're going to love it. We're Can't going wait. with my brother and his fiance and their kid, so 
adjusting. Sorry. I'm a little bummed, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, usually it's my favorite time. I love doing all the face painting and stuff leading Mm -hmm. up to there. I haven't done it once this year. I'm just kind of bummed. Because there's, like, no Halloween parties or? I don't know. I just am not really feeling in the spirit right now. COVID ruins lots of things. It does. And, you know, you got to keep things in check. Like, I totally get there are worse things going on. Right. No, I get that. I'm trying not to bum out too bad. But, you know, my kids are even like, you didn't decorate or anything for Halloween. I'm like, yeah. Just trying to get through 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Laughs. But yeah, we have a whole slew of birthdays coming up right after that, too. Yeah. <clears throat> this so. is a busy time of year for you guys. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's what that's what we got going on right now. Yeah. So we're trying to find, find some joy in whatever we can. And right now that's Halloween. Yeah. Hopefully we can find joy in Halloween. <laughs> Trick-or-treating that I night. It's more of a task for us right now, but <laughs> it'll be fine. They have a good time, so that's that's what matters, I suppose. I was thinking, though, as I was saying, you know, Boyson's going to shut her lights off and stuff. <laughs> I thought, I should have dressed up my kids as, like, the black-eyed children oh, and yes. had them show up at your door and just ring the doorbell incessantly, just, like, over and over. Oh, my gosh, yes. Our Let outside is covered with cameras, so we would have seen you. Why didn't you tell her Girl, I already know that. next year. I already know that, so but I would have had them sneak you up. Can't- yeah, it won't work. Okay, Plus, um, thanks to your story, I won't answer the door for <laughs> children. True. Okay, fine. I'll think of somebody else. I can punk. Who would I answer the door for? An animal? Us. The animal rings the doorbell. <laughs> yeah, like if a cute little puppy rings yeah, the doorbell. Yeah, just reaches up with his tiny paw. Yeah, I Ding mean, dong. normally, like, if I'm sitting on the on the couch or something and somebody rings the doorbell, I, like go like drop to the floor and i try and go back to this room so that i can see out the window sideways because always it's going to be somebody who wants to come in and kill me um or somebody trying to sell you something that's my worst nightmare (laughs) your worst nightmare (laughs) have i told you the story about the salesman who came to my door uh no (laughs) it sounds like there's a story though it's not scary but um he came to my door and he was trying to sell something. I don't even remember what it was. First, he asked, are you the owner of the house? I'm like, yeah. Wrong question. Now I'm going to say, no, I'm just the nanny. So no way he won't bother me. <laughs> but idea. then he goes into this whole long spiel. It was like 10 degrees outside. It was last winter. And so I felt terrible for him because it was so cold and I just wanted to get rid of him. So he kept going and going and going. And I kept telling him no and telling him no. And he kept pushing until finally I said yes, just to get rid of him because I'm I can't say no to people. And he, so he sensed that. He was like, Can I come back tomorrow with my other person blah blah blah? And I was like, sure. Thinking like I'm just not gonna answer the door tomorrow or like I'll be gone at that time that I tell you to come back. I was like, that's an easy way to get rid of him. So I said, sure. So he has me fill out information. <laughs> <laughs> and he already has my address. Oh, he, he gives <laughs> he has me fill out other information, so I did. No payment info, I promise. I'm not that dumb. No, but just your phone number. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, we'll come back tomorrow and blah blah blah. Do this and do that. And I was like, okay. So he leaves and my husband was at work and I texted him and I said, a salesman got me. And he goes, what did you do? Because <laughs> he knows me so well. And I said, he's going to come back tomorrow with his boss and they're going to talk to us and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I was just going to avoid him. And Evan was like, give me his number. <laughs> and so I sent him the number and I said, please be nice to him though. It's cold outside and I feel bad. Oh my gosh. Five minutes later, he texts me back. It's done. I canceled everything. <laughs> oh my God. So then 15 minutes later, 
the guy comes back to my house and he's ringing the doorbell again because he got the call canceling everything and he wants probably like i'm gonna try again (laughs) she said yes okay that's just creepy so i'm like upstairs in my room and i see him and i'm like Bailey Owen, come upstairs to mommy's room. <laughs> and they're standing at the front window waving at him. <laughs> My car is still in the driveway and they're just waving at him going, mom, someone's at the door. And like, like crouching behind the stairs so he can't see me through the window. <laughs> and I'm like, get up here now. But I'm like, get up here. <laughs> I'm sure he thought, yeah, she totally left these kids home alone. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so they come upstairs and we all hid in my room and I pulled the blinds closed and I'm like peeking through. <laughs> oh my God. He was probably like, what is wrong with this woman? But also, oh, what's, what's weird that he came back after he got it canceled? He came back after, yes, he canceled it and it was like 15, 20 minutes later, he's back ringing my doorbell. Maybe he and wanted like, to apologize for pressuring you. Or maybe he thought he could pressure me again, and it would have worked. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that when my husband was like, I'm going to call him and tell him that he needs to not pressure you and do this stuff and stuff because you said no. And I was like, but please be nice when you do it. (laughs) Don't be mean to him. Do you know what my new favorite thing is? Is DoorDash. They leave. Well, actually, I don't know if this is new. It's new to me. They leave your food. At the front door, so you don't have to interact with I them at it. all. I love it so much. <laughs> they're already favorite. driving away. I'm sure they're lovely, but yeah, I'm not. I'm usually like in pajamas. I've been wearing for a full day oh, already. Yes. Same, same, same. And just a day. Well, like I meant like a full 24 hours, <laughs> maybe more. I don't know. Honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not interested in having a conversation with anybody, even if it's just thank you for my food. I, I'm with you. Probably tacos. <laughs> thank you for the tacos bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye now so the moral of the story is now this was before we got a ring doorbell yeah. now we have a ring doorbell and i mean there's politicians and all these people who uh, are yeah. knocking and ringing our doorbell and my kids are like someone's at the door and i'm like we're not getting it <laughs> nope. on my phone nope i don't know them <laughs> absolutely not i don't care that all my cars are in the driveway no, no. one's home <laughs> we haven't got that many knock on wood oh we've gotten so many hmm. just canvassing Weird. the neighborhood I've already voted. You're not going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, you just put a sign on the door. I've already voted. Don't waste your time. Please don't knock. Right. Hmm. Or maybe I'll put a sign on the door that says, this house is infected with COVID. Stay away. I don't think that'll scare them. Oh, I would hope. I'm pretty sure no. No. You have anything to say over there? Awful quiet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Cool. Well, what were you talking about tonight? Smorgasbord. Smorgy, smorgy, smorg. Okay. Yes, we are. AKA meat <laughs> you, tray. You laugh at me, but I you looked yep. at me waiting for me to say it. So because no, it was expectant. Like she's gonna do this. Just let her let her have it. <laughs> that that first part was Thank new. You. It was a new addition. <laughs> we're doing our smorgasbord episode, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's where we talk about all the things everywhere with all the people with all the people doing everything. <laughs> Do we need to look up the cheese definition again? <laughs> it's a meat tray. <laughs> meat tray some olives it's got everything (laughs) everything you could ever want kind of like our episode (laughs) a little bit of this a little bit of that our episode is also a meat tray with some cheese and olives thrown in okay yeah that's not that's not how i meant for it i don't think it is i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna spin yeah that's probably for the best i'm uncomfortable weird i made things awkward (laughs) how'd that happen boys think us first it's me it's me 
The wheel and I have reconnected. I am just so happy for the two of you. Okay. I was like, what did I do? <laughs> Burn the wheel. Burn the yeah, wheel. I figured it out. They were having a moment. <laughs> what kind of story are you doing? Well, thank you for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> Ready. It's um, a combination of things. Yeah. Okay. All the things. And um, I... I'm going to go ahead and throw out a gore unsettling details warning because there's some things in my story that are unsettling. unsettling. <laughs> Gory. <laughs> I feel like that happens in every episode. <laughs> yeah, this like one's this is more than particular. I mean, if I'm throwing one out there, then it's particularly have unsettling. To do eyeballs? We'll find out. Okay, that's a yes. The way you look at me. Special treat. <laughs> Dang it. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> First of all, the story is not centered around eyeballs. Okay, good. I didn't Second ask Second of that. all, stop asking questions <laughs> about my story before I tell it. She's not going to tell you. It's She's also not going to edit anything out. irking me and knock it off. <laughs> all right. Um, so I don't I don't have a PowerPoint because uh, it's you wouldn't want to see the PowerPoint. Okay. But this is the case of Michael Taylor. Okay, I don't know no. who that is. Okay, cool. So it's 1974 in Osset, a town in Yorkshire, England. England. Okay, okay. I wanted to go back to Yorkshire. So. I can tell. You were just there. 31-year-old Michael Taylor, his wife Christine, and their five children are known by many neighbors and friends as cheerful and happy Michael has been described as a kind and a loving father and husband. However, he had recently suffered a back injury and subsequently had some chronic pain that kept him from finding a long-term job. And because of this, he had some minor bouts with depression. But aside from this, all was well. The Taylors were not a super religious family and skipped out on services frequently until they came across a group called the Christian Fellowship Group. This group was led by Marie Robinson who was 21 years old. Oh, that is young for a... A leader of a uh, cult, is what I wanted to say, but probably just a church. A leader of any group. 21. Sorry. Got it. it. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? What wrong thing did I say? No, you you did great. I was saying she's young. (laughs) Soon, they became very active in the congregation and attended the group meetings regularly, especially Michael. Uh, He began spending a lot of time with Marie, joining her in congregations where they would use the power of God to exercise people of their sins. They would hold private rituals and speak in tongues. Michael and Marie would stay mm. up all night making the sign of the cross at each other in oh, some kind sure of <laughs> That's what the kids call it. <laughs> I've been waiting for them. Like, sure. together. They stayed up all night making signs of the cross. Yeah, that's, that's what they did. Um, <laughs> that doesn't take all night. So they would code. Okay, proceed. <laughs> it's like when you when you move your hips like in a in the cross motion. Was <laughs> that you just moving your hips? <laughs> probably totally inappropriate but that's what they do in the wop song oh gosh yeah you write your name you write your name with your (laughs) okay i see what i see what's going on the song keeps coming back (laughs) but uh no they were making the sign of the cross at each other (laughs) in some kind of an attempt to (laughs) war 
my picture. It's <laughs> a very aggressive a cross making sign. Just all night. <laughs> I don't, okay. It's okay. I'll wait. It's fine. I apologize. <laughs> I win. I broke her this time. You broke her this episode. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I just got real hot. <laughs> Laughing. Crying. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I pictured. I know. You it was say you're make, so they're funny. making crosses at like each other. I felt like you were coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I got a little afraid. <laughs> All right. Let me readjust. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'll stop. I'll stop. Sorry. 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 So they did that in some kind of attempt to ward <laughs> off the evil within the full moon. It wasn't long before rumors started swirling that Michael and Marie were an item, and mm -hmm, even his mm -hmm. wife Christine was on to them. Look at that. We called it. Knew it. (laughs) Yeah, I really tried to hide that one. (laughs) Hot little Mm 21-year-old. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Michael would spend his time, uh, would spend less time at home, and when he was at home, he was very irritable, uh, not like his normal self. Um, then one day during a congregation, Christine decided that this was the time to confront Michael and Marie about the relationship in front of everybody. That sounds like a solid plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's reported that <clears throat> Michael's demeanor changed instantly, described as an evil influence suddenly casting a shadow over him, and he suddenly lashed out physically and verbally, not at Christine, but at Marie. Oh. Several members of the congregation had to physically restrain him, and Michael would later say that he had absolutely no memory of the incident. Convenient. Oddly, the next day, he received full forgiveness in the church and church absolution from Marie herself. Hmm. They probably made more signs of the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. That's how he got forgiveness. But maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but this wouldn't be his only outburst, and eventually other local ministers got involved, and it was decided that Michael was being influenced by a demon- by demonic forces. Are you okay? <laughs> I felt like you wanted to say something. <laughs> I, I, sorry. I like, I like, I don't know how to say this in a good way. It's going to so, sound weird. Uh-huh, yeah. Come on. You like these types of stories. I like these types of stories. I like hearing about demonic possession. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, so uh, mm-hmm. Father Vincent and Reverend Smith came in to carry out an exorcism at a local church in front of several members of the congregation. Michael became irate as soon as it started and had uncontrollable convulsions, fits of rage, scratching, biting, mm-hmm. spitting, and growling. He eventually had to be tied down to the floor, um, and he it was it was an ugly sounding exorcism he had crucifixes shoved into his mouth oh. uh, he was constantly doused with holy water to the point where like it was almost waterboarding oh some some Jeez. reports say uh, it lasted all night and throughout the next morning it's an aggressive exorcism <laughs> yes the priests in charge claimed that there were about 40 demons in michael and that they represented things what Wait for this. Such oh, as no. incest, here you are, Sarah, bestiality. 
Black. Are they going to understand? <laughs> I like how you point that out to her. Like, Sarah, Sarah you're speaking to me. Listeners are going to be like, what in the actual? <laughs> Reference the previous episode Thank you. to understand that. Um, Sarah's well, not into bestiality. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> I mean, okay. Blasphemy and lewdness, just to name a few. Um, once ex- exhaustion set in, it was decided to continue the exorcism at a later date. And this is odd because the priests claimed that the three demons left inside Michael were insanity, anger, and murder. No, <laughs> Those are demon names? Those are ones you should not leave to just simmer. Like, I know that's probably a stupid question. They, but demon, are... they, represent... <clears throat> well, they represent. Okay, all right. I understand. I mean, at least they got rid of the bestiality. Well, that's true. <laughs> And lewdness. But they left the murder. So a few things that the ex... uh, A few asked that the exorcism be carried out completely, but these requests were denied and Michael and Christine were sent home to rest. Less than two hours after being sent home, police were called to their neighborhood. Upon arrival, they found Michael naked, stumbling in the street, covered in blood from head to toe. Uh Uh-oh. Bad bad sign. Michael was eventually stopped and fell into the fetal position, screaming over and over that it was the blood of Satan. He was taken to a local hospital, and the police went to his house at the request of some concerned neighbors. When they went inside, they found the front room destroyed with blood covering every surface of the room, as well as flesh and brain matter. No, gross. On the floor was Christine, almost unrecognizable. Michael had apparently stripped Christine and strangled her. He literally tore off her face from her skull, gouged out her eyes, and ripped out her tongue. Sounds there, like the guy that was high on basalt. There right? are eyeballs. There are eyeballs. I said it didn't center around the story, though. Okay. The thing is, there was no murder weapon. So, like, he did it so with his, his bare hands? hands? It was done with his bare hands. According to medical examiners, Christine died of shock and asphyxiation on her own blood. Oh, my goodness. So the police take him into custody from the hospital, and he ends up describing the night before. He says, it was a long night. They danced around me and burned my cross because it was tainted with evil. They had me in the church all night. Look at my hands. I was banging on the floor. The power was in me. I couldn't get rid of it, and neither could they. They were too late. I was compelled by a force within me to destroy every living thing in the house. So Michael again claimed that he remembered nothing and said that he really loved his wife. Uh, He was sent to a psychiatric facility while he awaited the trial. During the trial, the prosecution claimed that the ritual had taken its toll on an already mentally disturbed man, and coupled with the warped religious ideals and beliefs that the prayer group had instilled in him, these negative influences had pushed Michael over the edge into a realm of madness and murder. So, of course, the jury finds uh, Michael not guilty by reason of insanity. Could have called that one. And he was deemed both clinically and legally insane. He spent a total of four years in psychiatric facilities before being released back into the world. No. I don't feel like that's long enough. It's not. It's not. Even though Father Vincent defended his actions due to a lot of the criticism, this would actually be the last recorded exorcism carried out by the Anglican Church. After (laughs) his release, Michael reportedly went back to Osset to try to live a normal life, but continued to display odd behavior and suffer from depression. He made four suicide attempts and even jumped off a bridge, badly injuring his back and his legs. He stayed out of the media until 2005, 
when he was arrested for sexually harass or sexually assaulting a minor. But even then, he only spent a week in jail and received three years probation and mandated outpatient psychiatric treatment. What is going on in England with their court system? Oh, yeah. Well, just FYI, ours is not perfect. No, no, I know that. But yeah, it seems like he keeps like getting off the hook. Well, I feel like uh, I'm sure that I know nothing about England or uh, how they carry out laws, but I'm positive that it has everything to do with uh, the insanity. Right. Um, And I don't know. So, question. Yes. What about the children? Were they in the house when this happened? Luckily, no. They were staying with their grandparents at the time because it was the night that Michael... Uh, has his exorcism yep wow. good i was like hopefully they did not see that because wow yeah there was also something that he did to the family dog but i refuse to talk about it okay i imagine it's not great no you know i'm gonna have to google now it's, well, it's all horrible terrible that's terrible that's very sad it is very sad and thank you for not putting a powerpoint together that. I <laughs> yes, appreciate, I appreciate that. That, that, I appreciate would, that would not have been a pleasant PowerPoint. <laughs> no, no, no. Just no. one picture of him, and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Great. Okay, let's spin the wheel for second. Did you guys talk to each other about doing no. possession stories? Back to back. We did not. Interesting. We just, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. <clears throat> Gosh, darn it. If I, if I keep coughing, <gasps> I'm going to lose my mind. It's me. That's Lindsay. It's me. They can't see you. No, they can't. <laughs> it's me. It's me, Lindsay. Oh, dang it. Okay. <laughs> I did a true crime. Is anybody surprised? No. no. You should really switch that up. <laughs> Last night we were talking about, like, not our stories, but what types of stories we were doing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm really gun shy to do another folklore because you guys can't handle it. <laughs> they can't handle my folklores. <laughs> and it's Slender Man. And y'all spent 20 minutes dying, <laughs> drawing pictures of him. Yeah, that's true. I did Goat, Goat Man, Man. And y'all spent 20 minutes <laughs> uncontrollably laughing at Pan. No, days. Days, <laughs> days. actually. Photoshop so I'm afraid <laughs> they photoshopped a picture. <laughs> I'm afraid of doing any urban legend folklore. So I'm I'm doing a true crime. Those are some of my favorites that you do. So I I will do a folklore um urban legend for the next Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. I will. I will. Perfect. Since okay. you're requesting it. Can't wait. <clears throat> Make so sure it's Googleable. <laughs> Everything Ooh, in my life is Googleable. Google what? <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> Google for, once, for once, I said something more coherently than she did. What did you say? Googleable. Googleable. <laughs> My brain's like, what? You this say sounds like it. gullible. You say it. Googleable. Yeah, nailed it. Okay, good job. Yeah. You guys are I mean, all better I, than me. Okay, good job. I, I don't have any problems saying it. Just it, it sounds like gullible in my head. It does. I am doing an unsolved mystery. You're welcome. This one is kind of Halloween themed, too. I know this is coming out after Halloween, but we're recording this Halloween week, so. Oh, don't Deal don't with get it. on me. I mean, don't come for me about my Unsolved Mysteries theme song right there. I loved it. Did you see me bobbing my head? <laughs> I don't get um I just started the next season trailer. of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix today. Yeah, I just found out there was a season 2. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm so 
I mean, I, I watched them all already. You would like, you would like the first I, episode because it's conspiracy stuff. Did you get my like government question? Is it reruns of Unsolved Mysteries no. or are they new Unsolved They're Mysteries? They're new Unsolved They're Mysteries. New. Yeah. The first season was six episodes. Mm-hmm. I think this yeah. one's shorter. They're new. Maybe. I don't know. And so season two just dropped. I'm sorry. Why did you watch it? Why did I? I hate Unsolved Mysteries, but like actual Unsolved Mysteries, which I guess these are. Um, because I don't know, it was very like nostalgic for me. The theme song's the same, but they, it's really cool. The style's yeah. the same. And they, they don't have, talk about just true crime. They talk about all sorts of stuff. They have a conspiracy. There. They have an alien episode. You yeah. Know? There's a ghost story one in this new one, which mm-hmm. I loved. Um, so I really like I've been watching Glow Up, so. Oh, I love that one too. Yeah. Makeup artist. Yes. It was so good. Yeah. Over in the I loved UK. That one. Yeah. Have you I watched just, Skin Wars, by wanted, the way? Yes. Love I want them that. to come out with more seasons. Yeah, too. My kids love watching that one, too. Yeah, I just enjoyed um, listening to them talking, watching them put makeup on things. Like, do a beautiful job. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Jealous. It's your second calling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would argue it's her first calling. <laughs> I thought her well, first that's calling. That's it. I'm quitting. I mean... I'm quitting everything. Okay. <laughs> Going somewhere to be someone's makeup artist. <laughs> to the dent police. <laughs> <laughs> dent schoolhouse totally recognized my picture. It's they did. Dent, they liked it. WI. I felt like a like a fangirl. Yeah. Fangirl moment. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. We are talking about Eon Jong Song. Oh gosh. But she goes by Cindy. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna call her Cindy. I'm not laughing at the name. FYI. She's laughing, laughing at I like <clears throat> had to like burp, and so I just stopped the word halfway through, and the burp didn't come, so that was very awkward for me. I can't stop coughing <laughs> because I can't stop laughing. So, Cindy. Yes. Cindy was born February 25th, 1980, and raised in South Korea. She moved to the U.S. when she was 15 years old to live with her aunt and uncle in Springfield, Virginia. After graduating high school, she went on to attend Pennsylvania State University. In 2001, she was 21 years old, and she was a senior at Penn State, majoring in art. She was living off campus in an apartment and worked two part-time restaurant jobs. So Halloween night, 2001, she attended a costume party at Players Nightclub. She was with two of her friends, Stacy and Lisa. Cindy was dressed as like a Playboy bunny, but like it was a cute outfit, not a sexy outfit. Is how her friend described it. <laughs> so she had bunny okay. ears on, like a pink t-shirt with, you know, that bunny logo on it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. A white tennis skirt with a little tail attached. Okay. Sheer stockings and brown suede knee-high boots and then a red um, parka on top. So friends said it wasn't like sexy. It was just like a cute little outfit because she liked being cute. And the three friends partied until the club closed at about 2 a.m., They drove through downtown. They went to a friend's apartment where they played video games until about 4 a.m. And at 4 a.m., Cindy was dropped off at her apartment by Stacy. This was the last time that Cindy was ever seen. She had been drinking, her friend said, but she was only mildly intoxicated. Like, she was sober enough to walk to her door and all that stuff they said. Okay. Um, Stacy said that she did not make sure that she got inside her apartment. She just dropped her off before she drove away. So Cindy's roommate was out of town that weekend and had been visiting family. So she returned home later the next day. The apartment was locked and nothing looked out of place, but Cindy was not there. So she was reported missing on November 4th, 2001, three days later. And so there was some, like, when I was reading about this, some people were like, how could people wait three days before you report someone missing? 
And there was a lot of good points brought up about this is 2001 before like social media. And so like people weren't checking in with each other as much. And so a college student to not be in contact with her friends or not go to class. Like it wasn't as suspicious back then, you know, like without social media, I probably wasn't checking in with my friends every single day. Yeah. I'm, I'm just remembering that that was my freshman year of college. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I mean, again, what it was like there, <laughs> I'm like, we still had cell phones, right? Yeah. Yeah. You still had cell phones, but like Nokia's the days after Halloween, people would probably think you're just super hungover yeah. and skipping yeah. class. Like it wasn't a big deal. No, I totally get it. So November 4th, she's reported missing by her friends. <clears throat> um, police searched the apartment on November 6th. So two whole days later. Yeah. Which I thought it was a little weird. Per police, it is believed that she entered her apartment because it was locked from the outside, but left shortly afterwards. It appears she left voluntarily because if someone's like kidnapping you or abducting you from your home or something, they're not, you're not going to take the time to lock your door. Typically there is a 24 seven supermarket like close to her apartment. So police thought maybe she was walking there to get something to eat or something to drink. And she was either abducted there or along the way. They said it's either that or she left with someone she knew. So by the time the police went to the supermarket to get their security footage at that time, they didn't save recordings. They just recorded over it every couple of days. So the footage was already gone. So that was a dead end. Got it. In her apartment, her backpack and her phone were left behind. Her phone was turned off. Mm. Um, she had been wearing fake eyelashes the night of Halloween, and those were taken off. They were on the bathroom counter. So mm -hmm. that's, again, why they're like, she went inside. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Took off her eyelashes, left her phone. Um, the only thing missing was her purse, which had her driver's license, her wallet, and her keys. They turned her phone on. Phone records show that no calls were made or received after she was dropped off at 4 a.m., there was no alarming emails that she had sent, um, no threatening activity sent to her phone, and no activity on her credit cards. So around this time, her parents come from South Korea to just be nearby and see if they can help find her. And they cleaned her apartment, which contaminated any further evidence that the police may have been able to find. Bummer. Yeah. Rule number one, guys, don't clean. But they thought they were being helpful. They, yeah. I mean, that breaks my heart. Yeah. They, they probably did. So the diary, they found her diary. Police started to think maybe drugs were involved because she wrote about experimenting with ecstasy and marijuana. But her friends, which, by the way, her friends sound like the bomb. They're like, this is normal college experiences. Like, she was not using drugs the night of Halloween. She was 21. She'd been drinking a little bit. Yeah. But she wasn't drunk. And so they're like, no, no, no. Like, this is normal to yeah. experiment with marijuana. Eh, ecstasy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for some kids, I'm sure it for is. Sure. For yeah. some, I'm sure it is, yeah. About a month prior to her disappearance, she wrote about her breakup. So she went through a pretty rough breakup with her boyfriend. They had been living together at the time. So family started to believe that maybe she took her own life or ran off because of her broken heart. Mm -hmm. But again, friends were like, no, like, she's going to therapy. She's seeing a doctor and taking her meds. Like, she's doing really well. She's getting over the breakup. Um, she was happy the night that she was out with us. She, um, they're like, she's not the type of person who would just run off and leave us all worried like this. Um, so again, friends were like, no, she wouldn't do that. Supposedly, Cindy was sighted 200 miles away in Chinatown a few days after she was reported missing. A woman called in a tip that someone matching Cindy's description was in a vehicle that she was passing by. The woman was crying and yelling out for help. And when the woman got closer to the car, she said that a man appeared and told her to get lost. Police were skeptical about this tip because the woman, the witness, changed her story, like, multiple times. Yeah. So they were just like, I don't know. 
if this is valid. They brought in a psychic named Carla Barron, and she was brought in to consult. Police says she gave them a lot of information, but nothing so far that has been helpful in finding out what happened. Which I I don't know what that means exactly, but okay. And they had Unsolved Mysteries do an episode as well to get national attention. I have not seen that episode yet, but now I want to. <laughs> oh, on the new one? No, I think it's. I was like, one. I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. This if is you have one. Hulu, you can watch the old ones. I do, I do have, have Hulu. Hulu. Mm-hmm. You have Hulu now? I told you this. We got no. rid of our YouTube TV. Now we have Hulu Live. I don't. Oh, last I time you, that. I talked to you. Well, okay, I wasn't in this conversation. Then. I feel like we literally had this conversation sitting right here. <laughs> um. So here is the only lead they have after all these years. A guy named Paul Weekly was facing a felony burglary charge in June 2003 and told police this story. He said that he had an accomplice, Hugo, Hugo Selinsky and Michael Krakowski. Hugo? Hugo. Got it. Woof. Their last names. Okay. Selinsky, Krakowski. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. So they, Hugo and Michael, um, abducted a woman who they thought was a prostitute from Penn State College while she was walking. They took her to Hugo's house, where they kept her in a walk-in safe, where they assaulted her, raped her, and then left her to die when they were, quote, finished with her. Mm, that's um, terrible. He, Paul Weekly reports that the woman matched Cindy's description. He reports that Michael kept Cindy's bunny ears as a trophy. Mm. Hmm. So who are these guys? So Paul, like I said, he's an accomplice of Hugo's. Um, Michael and Hugo were working together as well. They're all criminals. Michael had been wanted since May 2002 for convicted felonies for running an illegal drug ring out of a pharmacy. He went missing with his girlfriend, Tammy, while he was waiting for his sentencing. And police thought that he just like ran off to try to escape. Paul... It's like, no, he didn't run off. Hugo killed him because Michael kept Cindy's bunny ears as a trophy and Michael didn't like he kept evidence behind to incriminate them. Or Hugo didn't like that Michael kept the evidence. So police are like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) So then Paul says, oh, by the way, Hugo, he's responsible for killing at least 16 people. (laughs) No big deal. And they thought they had these guys on like felony theft charges, burglary charges, like not murder. Right. (laughs) So um, then he's like, I'll take you to Hugo's property and show you all the bodies. So he takes them. And they located five bodies right away. Whoa. So they just stumble across a serial killer. That's crazy. Two of the bodies were Michael and Tammy. So (gasps) he's telling the truth about that. That's when they started to believe Paul. They also found bone fragments belonging to two drug dealers that were in a burn pit, along with a third person who has still never been identified. So after police, then they're like, we're going to investigate. And it's this big property with all this land. They're like, we're going to investigate all of this. And they found 12 bodies total. Goodness. So not the 16, but 12. So none of the remains matched Cindy. Um, But also Hugo did not move into this property until a few months after she went missing. So Mm. they're like, maybe she's stuffed somewhere else. They stuffed her body somewhere else. Hugo, when they brought him in, did admit to kidnapping Cindy, but stated Michael killed her. Obviously, they don't know who's telling the truth because Michael is dead because mm-hmm. Hugo killed Michael. So they don't right. know. Yeah. Could be just be blaming it on Michael because, you know, he can. Um, police searched Paul's computer after all of this came out, and it revealed multiple articles about Cindy's disappearance that he had downloaded and saved to his computer. Mm, suspicious. 
Right. So police were like, well, he could have done this purposely because he was looking at a life sentence and possibly the death penalty already. Oh. And so they're like, maybe he's looking for a lighter sentence in exchange for giving us this information about this cold case to be solved. Sure. Interesting. Like, obviously, this guy Hugo did kill people and he did kill, you know, 12 plus people for all we know. But this is a cold case that has received a lot of national attention. And he thought, hey, maybe if I pin this one on him, I'll get a lighter sentence and we'll get the death penalty. It's a little suspicious because it looks like he did a lot of homework on Cindy. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Paul and Hugo are both serving life sentences. Cindy basically vanished into thin air. There's no evidence, no witnesses, no active suspects, and there is no body that has ever been found to this day. Um, it is widely believed by police that Hugo and Michael killed Cindy, but since they have never found her body and Hugo won't confess to it, the case remains unsolved. And that is why it was on Unsolved Mysteries. Yep. <clears throat> oh, is that why? Okay. I think that's what yep. that means. And Hugo will not say what happened to her body or anything like that. Come on, Hugo. Mm. Yep. Spill the beans. That's sad. Isn't that sad? So. Bummer. Be safe, guys, on Halloween night. I was just thinking about how many stupid things I probably did in college. Oh, do you have her PowerPoint pulled up yet? No. I sent you a PowerPoint. I was paying attention to Lindsay's story and I yeah. didn't pull it up. Good story, Lindsay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's an unsolved, but like, I feel like you can kind of guess what happened. It's it's an unsolved, but yes. Um, there's some very suspicious characters mm-hmm. in the story. Okay, so while she's pulling that up, I didn't really, I didn't know how to describe my story. So it's kind of just like a collection of Rather macabre stories. I like that. For a smorgasbord episode. I, I, that is a smorgasbord <laughs> at its core. I love it. So I don't know how I came across this, but I was thinking the other day what would be kind of creepy to talk about. And I thought there has to be stories of people being buried alive. <gasps> so That is like people's biggest fear. Interesting you say that. <laughs> like I even... By Blair. <laughs> Her PowerPoint says buried alive. By Blair. <laughs> You're welcome. It's like a school presentation. <laughs> I um, chose this background because it looked... Now that I see it, it looks like a corkboard. But in my mind, it looked spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it's like parchment. Yes. Um... I think it is parchment. <laughs> okay. Looks parchment like a, like parchment is spooky. <laughs> Like Egyptian mummy, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get there with you. <laughs> don't don't think too hard. That's really about as far as it went. I, I think that's papyrus, isn't it? Isn't it I think papyrus? that's the font style. Oh. No, papyrus is what they used to write on. Yes, yeah, yeah. Really it was a plant. The yes. font style is co- okay. I really there is don't know. a font Listen, style called papyrus. Yes. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm a rookie. Oh, books and parchment. Oh my, <laughs> so spooky. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Ooh, gun noises. Oh, I suppose it would help to actually bring up my story as well. Is his well. name Shalibo? Listen. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't actually talk about this person. Oh, okay. But I wanted to put this picture here for this little apparatus here, and I will tell you about it. Okay. Please wait. hold. All right. So. Um, Sorry. I'd like to begin. <laughs> thank you I'm for sorry. that. By explaining the definition of taphophobia. Is that the fear of being buried alive? No, it's the fear of taffy. Um, one up. of you is right. <laughs> one of you is wrong. <laughs> it is the 
fear Sorry, Lindsay. of being buried alive. <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> I won! I don't know how you got that information based off my beautiful pictures. Isn't here. that amazing? <laughs> uh, it, come from, it comes from the Greek word taphos, meaning grave, and phobos, meaning fear. There you go. Now you know. Okay. Before modern medicine, this fear was not all that crazy. Uh, in 1905, an Englishman named William Tebb collected accounts of premature burial and found that there were 219 cases of near-live burial, 149 actual live burials, 10 cases of live dissection, and two cases of awakening while being embalmed. Why are you laughing? Did you say premature burial? <laughs> Yes. yes, that's what it's written. <laughs> You're such, so you such. You make fun of us for laughing about fart jokes. But almost very. I quietly laugh and wait for you to finish your sentence. <laughs> but you're still giggling to yourself because she said the word premature. <laughs> premature burial. Premature burial. <laughs> that's what it is. Take it or leave it. But I think you missed the part where live there was embalming. <laughs> live embalming. <laughs> what I'm stuck on and live dissection. And this was a long ass time ago, so I'm sure the numbers changed they just a wake little up, bit. They're like, "Are you taking my organs?" <laughs> Basically, what the hell? <laughs> Organ harvesting in the early centuries. It was not going well. I'll get down with that. <laughs> Accidental organ harvesting <laughs> on live I bodies. I think that was on purpose. Well, I mean, they weren't. They thought they were dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It was, it was actually on live bodies. Who knew? Ooh. So safety or security coffins were invented and used mostly during the 18th or 19th century during the cholera epidemic. Um, that is what you see. <laughs> what did I do now? Safety first for your premature burial. Yes. <laughs> this is why it's hilarious. So, okay. You see, I want to show you. This is She's the safety like coffin. like a 13-year-old right now. <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. The whole thing. Wait till you get to. Wait. Just wait. Okay. Do you see this one down here? Looks in the like right a shepherd corner. Hook, almost. Yeah, you see, they made them hold a string. They tied strings to the hands and the heads and the feet, okay. and it connected to a bell that was then outside of the grave. So if the body or the person was alive and moved, it rang. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get more to Can this. Can you imagine going ghost hunting in a cemetery and you hear the bell ring? Listen, I don't want to ruin the rest of the story, but I'm okay, gonna tell sorry. you more. Okay. She's good. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to tell you it anyways, because this sentence explains it more a little bit, I guess. The idea is for the person inside of the coffin to have some form of communication to the outside world, <laughs> such as the cord attached to a bell that the person could ring. They happen to wake or it was attached to flags or my favorite pyrotechnics. So pyrotechnics. A few, a few fireworks going off uh, if I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys fucking bury me alive and don't put pyrotechnics I'm totally doing it attached to a string and I'm haunting the bell. you it's gonna be a cowbell needs more cowbell Sarah <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> okay okay all right, where was I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Pyrotechnics. Pyro. There we are. <laughs> Fire stuff. Okay, this is my favorite. I think boys might like this part too. So other designs included ladders, escape hatches, feeding tubes, <clears throat> glass windows, food storage, like a mini refrigerator, yes. uh, and a bathroom. A what? Hmm. In the coffin. 
That is a very roomy coffin. <laughs> yes, it is. I yes, mean, I is. know the Egyptians were buried in like rooms, like giant <laughs> rooms with all their belongings with them. Listen, this was a very big fear people had at this time of being Bring buried the alive. Story back to the Egyptians already. <laughs> <laughs> it was the parchment paper, wasn't it? I got you. <laughs> the papyrus. I'm just wondering if that's where this all stood from, is that they were buried with all of this stuff in these huge rooms, and now they're like make big coffins for you in case I you wake mean, up. I think it stemmed from the fact that people were actually buried alive I mean, and they were freaked the fuck out when they came out. If, <laughs> if I, I was if buried I alive, be... I'm not worried about if I'm using the bathroom on myself or not. <laughs> I would like the storage coffin for little yeah. Debbie's snacks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Some Nutter Butters. Yeah. Nutter Buddies. N- Nutty Buddies. What? <laughs> Nutty Bars. Is that a mashup? Damn it. I can never remember <laughs> what they're called. <laughs> I can visualize them. Yellow box. Yellow Got box. A picture, the, a little Debbie on it. Yep, with the two. They're yep. Mm-hmm. Chocolate that will be wafers, included in your safety. Maybe that's why I did not find them at the store because I did not look in the little Debbie hostess section. Mm. You looked so, in the cookie section. I looked. I mean, I think we still ate them, so it's fine. But yeah, we did. Whatever. Okay, so. Uh, This is where the term graveyard shift came from. People were hired to work at night in the cemetery and listen for bells ringing. That sounds like a horrible job. That sounds like work. (laughs) You listen for bells ringing. You gotta listen. Is that the call line? (laughs) (laughs) It's an early form of a call line. Listen. I'm still here. You need a blanket? Okay. You want some nutty bars? Okay. <laughs> I'll send your nurse right in. That's what the, the tube is for, so you can just throw things down. Oh, yeah. my yeah. goodness. It's okay. like right over and their so face. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> <hit them. laughs> they can't even, like, reach their hands up. They're just like... <laughs> it's like the Oreo challenge with the food on the face. You gotta move in the face. <laughs> That's, I think, what happened. And I'm they not just sure. did that until they could get someone to come yeah, dig them out? basically. Don't give me food, just dig me out. Well, that's why you need a bell. That's you need, why you, you need, need somebody. F- you need sustenance until they can get to you. You need somebody working the damn graveyard shift so they know. Okay. So I wanted to tell you a few stories about people being buried alive. Okay. I have Ready. a quick question first. Okay. Did they do this practice for everyone or was it like if they were, like if they were obviously dead, like decapitated? <laughs> were they doing no, this for I, them? No, I mean, I think it was like family's choice where like before they died i think the, the person requested this or oh. you know they were, don't bury me alive <laughs> i'll tell you uh, okay tell let me, me let me tell okay. you a story and okay. then we'll I'll, i don't want to ruin everything okay? okay so um next slide is a ringer there we go oh, how about that one goodness that is a terrible tombstone head <laughs> this, margie this is a story about marjorie mccall um her tombstone says lived once buried twice you only live once nope <laughs> and how mean of that them to put it on her tombstone that's, no. that's terrible <laughs> like she did nothing else in life but die twice come on no All she right. was buried twice she lived once true that true that <laughs> wise so. words wise words <laughs> <laughs> this one's kind of more of an urban legend but i thought it was kind of important to include because it you know starts the whole the whole fear a little bit. Right. So this began in 1705 in Ireland and Marjorie became deathly ill. It was unknown exactly what illness she suffered from, but she fell into a death-like state and was declared dead uh, during the wake, which was shortly after that. That's what you'll find. That's what I was starting to get at. People get very sick very quick. And then the wakes and funerals are very quick. Right. Cause they don't want other people getting sick with whatever they have. 
Okay, makes sense. Okay, so during the wake, her husband was unable to remove her wedding ring due to the swelling in her fingers. So she was buried with the ring on, and shortly after the burial, grave robbers showed up. They, too, were unable to remove her ring, so they tried to cut it off. Uh, you know, cut off her finger to take the ring. Um, she started bleeding. <laughs> she shouldn't have done. Right. right. If, if you're dead. Yeah. Um, and also it triggered a response from the corpse. She sat straight up and her eyes opened and she screamed. Some stories say that the grave robbers died of fright right there. And others say that they fled into the night and stopped robbing graves for good. Oh, they fun. learned their lesson. Let's hear them. That is rude. Scared them from robbing graves. Her husband. Okay, wait, let's go back here. One more sentence. <laughs> I got off track. Marjorie climbed out of her grave and found her way back home. Uh, her husband, John, who was a doctor, by the way, and I'm pretty sure he's the one who pronounced her dead. Rude. He didn't do a very good job. No, he didn't. Um, was home with the children. They heard a knock on the door, and when he answered, he saw Marjorie standing there in her oh burial gosh. clothes with her can finger you, bleeding. Can you imagine? <laughs> Guys, mommy's home. <laughs> The story no. says that he <laughs> dropped dead right there out of fear, which I cannot say I blame him. I mean, that would be spooky AF. For sure. <laughs> Marjorie went on to live many more years and was remarried, had more children, like a normal life. Oh my gosh. Eventually, she was reburied in the same place she was buried the first time, but the second time they finally got it right. She was actually dead the second time. Yeah. All right. The second story I have. Next slide, please. There she is. This is about Nacy Perez. She was 16 years old from Honduras, and she was newly married and three months pregnant. 16. Mm-hmm. When apparently she had suffered from a panic attack outside of her home after she heard gunfire. Um, she passed out and began foaming at the mouth, so her parents believed that she had all, she had become possessed. I didn't know you guys did possession stories. But. Versus like a seizure, sure. Yeah, that she was obviously possessed, right, by an evil evil spirit. So they called the local priest to perform an exorcism. Oh, my goodness. She became lifeless and was taken to a hospital where she was pronounced dead and then taken to the cemetery shortly after. They buried her in her wedding dress. And her husband, Rudy, visited the grave the next day and reportedly heard banging and screams for help coming from within the grave. The family smashed open her concrete tomb and found that the glass viewing window, which is kind of hard to tell in there, but that's what that is, mm -hmm. um, had been broken and her fingertips were all bruised. So they rushed her to the hospital again, um, but they pronounced her dead again and buried her like the same day in that same mausoleum. So she, oh gosh, like suffocated? Likely. Um, so doctors think that the panic attack had temporarily stopped her heart and she had a cataplexy attack, which is the sudden temporary loss of voluntary muscle function, normally set off by extreme stress or fear. Okay, so it's very unfortunate. And there's like a video of her family breaking over, open this tomb, like hoping that she's alive. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Pretty awful. It's terrible. Okay, the next one I don't have a picture for, oh, so I'm just going to have to use your imagination here, okay? It's about Mary Best, and when she was 17 years old, she was in India with her family and reportedly died of cholera again. That this cholera. Nasty. She is nasty. And she was buried in the family's tomb. Her body was placed in a coffin with the lid nailed shut. No. 
and 10 years later, her uncle died. So they were going to bury him in the same tomb as one of those big family ones, I guess. Sounds fancy. Uh, the coffin was found with the lid off and Mary's skeletal remains were half in and half out of the coffin. Mm. She was noted to also have a skull fracture and broken fingers. Oh. Most people think that she probably struggled for some time and managed to break the lid off the coffin. But after she did this, she fell in her head, which might have caused the skull fracture. There's some people that say that she also broke out of the coffin and was stuck there and went crazy and maybe hit her own head trying to commit suicide. We'll never know. But one thing's for sure, her skeleton should not be out of the coffin. No. No. (laughs) Not if they nail it shut. Right. Yeah. Kind of sad, actually. A lot of it is. Um, Okay. No picture for the next one either. So imagination. Gosh, come on. I know. It's hard to find pictures of people who (laughs) have come back from the dead. Angelo Hayes. This was in France in 1927. This was more a famous story, if you will. Angelo was in an unfortunate motorbike accident that flung him off the bike and he hit his head in a brick wall. Apparently, his face and head were beyond recognition and his parents weren't even allowed to come see him after this at the hospital because the injuries were so severe. Right. Um, He was buried pretty quickly because they did not doubt for a second that he didn't die from these injuries. You know, they were like, obviously, these are horrible. He's dead. Mm-hmm. So they buried him. <laughs> um, oddly enough, though, his parents had taken out a life insurance policy on him two months before the accident. So the insurance company accused the father of foul play and fraud, I'm sure, and requested to have the body exhumed. Once they removed the body, they noticed that his body was still warm. Oh. So it turns out he didn't die. He had fallen into a coma. And they brought him back to the hospital where he made a full recovery and went on to become a celebrity in France. He also invented invented a security contraption to prevent people from being buried alive. Hmm. And his one was the fancy one with the toilet and the little fridge. So that's why that came along. <laughs> He's like, I've been there. It's not fun. Jeez. Okay. I do have a picture for the next one. That's Essie Dunbar. And in 1915, a physician in South Carolina was called to see a 30-year-old woman who had suffered an epilepsy attack. The doctor didn't find any signs of life, so he declared her dead. And Essie was going to be buried the next morning, but her sister was unable to make it in time before the coffin was lowered into the ground. When the sister arrived, she begged them to bring the coffin back up so that she could see her sister one more time before they buried her. Yeah. Uh, And after the lid was removed, Essie sat up. Straight in the coffin and oh smiled gosh. at her sister. <laughs> Hi. Hey, guys, it's me. <laughs> hey, did you miss me? <laughs> Surprise. What did I miss? Hey. <laughs> I just was like, she had nothing else to say, but just like <laughs> grinning. If you're ever buried alive and you just sit up and smile at us, <laughs> lose it. Oh. I'll pee my pants right then <laughs> and there. Like, what a scene. Can you imagine? No, I can't. <laughs> I literally cannot. Um, and as you can probably imagine, everyone went running and screaming yes. away. <laughs> yes, that is a valid reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the ministers fell into the open grave, apparently. Oh one, my gosh! One had broken ribs from the fall and had to go to the hospital. And Essie had to go around. Uh, like, she followed everybody after they left her. <laughs> It was like trying to convince him that she's not a ghost or a zombie. (laughs) It's me, guys. 
this poor Essie. She's like, what the fuck? You literally just buried me and I'm not dead. And now I have to convince you. And now you're running from me. I promise I'm not mad that you buried me. Yes. Just can you, can you just believe me that I'm not a zombie? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. So anyhow, she lived until she was 70 years old after that. She was 30 when that happened. She she lived another 40 years. I was like, she does not look 30 in this picture. That is a rough 30. that was probably on her obit. When she actually died. So what? So, okay. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Okay. I got one more for you. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the Wicked Witch of the West? <laughs> I doubt it has anything to do with being buried alive, but I could not resist this picture for. She has a green face. Yeah. And you can't see and my other you picture. Put, Sorry, couldn't resist underneath it. <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere in the same slide, you'll probably see the actual picture of the photo I was trying to send you. So, oh, 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 there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay, yeah. Octavia Hatcher in 1891 in Kentucky. Um, she lost her young son, and apparently she was so grief stricken that she fell into a coma and died a few days later. Hmm. Died. I'm gonna put that right. in quotation marks right <laughs> sure, now. She did. Yeah, sure I don't, I don't think she did. <laughs> And uh, it was a hot summer, so anyone who died was buried pretty quickly again because they didn't want anybody to smell or to get any disease from if they were sick. They didn't want it to spread. Uh, Her husband noticed that many townspeople were also going into a coma for a few days, but they usually recovered. So um, doctors thought that this may have been caused by sleeping sickness caused by the tsetse fly. Don't know what that is. The what? Tsetse <laughs> if I say it really quiet, <laughs> no one will know. Nobody knows. I don't know. It's T S C T S E. I've never heard of it. Tsetse. That's what I was saying. I've never heard of that. Tsetse. You gotta say it like you're not sure. I don't think it's sure. It's always the most words in my life. By that fly. Okay. So once her husband realized that Octavia. Uh, could have accidentally been buried alive, you know, because all these other people were recovering. Yeah. Smart guy. Uh, they immediately exhumed the body. And they and? they found her face twisted in horror. Her oh. fingernails were bent backwards. Oh. And she was covered in blood. I don't like fingernails. Covered in blood? Yeah. From, like, where? from her from fingernails? From her fingers. Yeah, they were all ripped off. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that she had awoken while buried alive and tried to claw her way out of the coffin. Twisted in horror is was so unsuccessful. And so he built this memorial because he thought that that would help afterwards. That's right. Oh, that. that's so sad. Yes. It's I can't sad. imagine the, oh, the fear. I can't imagine. There you go. Here's some of my, my spooky stories of being buried alive. That was, <sighs> it was very <sighs> spooky. <beautiful. laughs> that's, yeah, one of our, one of my biggest fears. Being buried alive is definitely a fear. That's Huge horrible. Fear. Yeah. But it's also, awful. I just really hate small spaces. Oh, same. I don't like them. Same. And if they're dark. Yeah. Tunnels. Yeah. Not my fave. Quick story. When I was in junior high, I went to one of the, like, West Bottoms um, haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had one. I don't, they may still do it. I don't know. But it's like you go through the tunnels or, like, the maze. It's yeah. really, really tight. And it gets smaller and smaller. And, and, like, you end up crawling. You have to crawl, yes. On the floor. Yeah. Do you, do well, you know what I'm fun. I went to... No, well, it was horrible. Like, I still think about it how much i hated crawling in this dark space and i couldn't see anything yeah absolutely I, not i remember i went to um was it either the beast or the edge of hell i went to one of them in junior high and it was a maze in the pitch black dark i couldn't see anything and yeah i remember having to crawl 
at the end. Oh, God. I never got to do that one. I hated it. I like the one with the slide at the end. Yeah. That's that's the edge of hell because you go all the way to the top of that's the slide. That's the one I the did hell. then because mm-hmm. I did the slide at the end. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they took out the maze. Yeah. The one I think I'm talking about was like catacombs and I don't mm-hmm. know if they even I still do that one. that one. Yeah. So something this you thought like was probably you know, not, a, not a realistic fear. Turns out it is. It is a realistic fear. <laughs> <laughs> probably more so in like the early 1900s. But... Um, I'm going to count on both of you guys to make sure that I'm actually dead, please. Can you do that for me? We'll make sure you have a bell. Okay. Yeah. What will you help make sure that happens? Uh if if I don't die first, yes. Okay. Okay. I'll stock your coffin with the white claws and uh Pringles. <laughs> Please just send them down the chute for me. Uh, oh, <laughs> on up. your face. Yeah. The white claws. But she but she can open and it first. She's knocked unconscious again. <laughs> you could just drown in white claws. Just just pour down. I'm like, ready go. <laughs> True friends. True we friends. see you down there. <laughs> We'll, we'll take you out sometime, but for now... Here's <laughs> some white cloth. Pour <laughs> some queso down there. Drunk in my coffin. <laughs> I'm, I'm six deep, literally. <laughs> you singing your white cloth song? Oh, white claw, that was song. a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Did you like that? Song? Yeah. Oh, I'm slow. Six deep. Got it. No, 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 no. I got it. I got you. I liked it. Uh, our listeners got it. <laughs> sure they did. <laughs> So thanks so much, guys, for listening to our Smorgasbord episode. You can always send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com and find us on the five socials, the Facebook, the Instagram, the YouTube, the TikTok, and the Twitter, all at the Tipsy Ghost. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got Make it. Make sure you put the in front of all the socials. <laughs> at the Tipsy Ghost. Yeah. Well, that's not what I meant, but yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's right. <laughs> I'm laughing because you said the TikTok, the <laughs> Instagram, the Facebook. You know what? I do some things. Some people think they're adorable. <laughs> Visit us at patreon.com slash thetipsyghost. Visit our website, our brand new website at thetipsyghost.com and give us a five-star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. Please. Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>